is kombucha even healthy? People are still asking all about it. Here's our raw take. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. We got a hot raw take for you. Is it raw or is it hot? Is it both? Raw seems more fitting. Yeah. We were just talking about this. Raw. Here's our unpasteurized. Unpasteurized, unfiltered. <laughs> take on the matter. Yeah. Uh, cool refrigerated <laughs> approach to it. Well, we got some... Uh, Trev, uh, an article just spurred a thing back up in you. Yes. And uh, it's just something that's baffling to people that are doing this stuff every day. It would seem that way just because... So the article, um, I, like every week, take a look at uh, any kind of kombucha news, and there usually isn't anything um, except for... What about booch news? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That and <laughs> any other kind of news. It's usually just, oh, here's another brewery that's opening up or something like that. Or it's like, I mean, that's kind of cool. I like that. But it's usually like on all those bitch news things, it's here's a picture of a shelf in some random place yes. where I saw kombucha. Cool. <laughs> that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. The other thing, too, I have to say is um, after... Uh, working in the uh, specialty coffee circuit for for a while, um, it just kind of feels like the same thing. Where it's like, oh, here's another specialty shop that someone opened that's only going to last, you know, maybe a year. Uh, yeah, when so, there is actual really cool stuff going on. There, is, yeah, that's absolutely true. But but here's this random shelf somewhere in the middle of nowhere that has kombucha on it. Precisely. Get so excited, so <laughs> so um, I uh, saw an article and the title of it. Um, was uh, um, is kombucha healthy? Facts and fiction. One million five hundred seventy fifth time. Yeah, and so when I I went and I read it and everything just to see like, all right, is there anything new about this? And it's like, no, no, there isn't anything new here. Well, uh, we've been seeing these same articles for a good long while. It's just that. It seems like the only difference is it's at a location that's not yet been exposed to. It's my assumption of why it would even come up. So I'm just so. Or they got you with the clickbait. They they very well could have. <laughs> I mean, like if you look up kombucha, any kind of search engine, it's always it's still this same question about yes. its health. Um, so it just caught me kind of wondering. Okay, I've been I've been working in this industry now for a little over a year. Um, and I've seen some changes on the in- industry side, but I'm still wondering how that correlates or how that relates to kind of culture at large and what some of the changes have been and what the growth has been. And so I just wanted to kind of have a little conversation with you about it since yeah. you've you've been watching it uh, pretty closely. Yeah. So people are still asking this question, and I thought it was answered. Long ago. Long ago. In the land before time. (laughs) And a galaxy far, far away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting because when you're so immersed in a culture and you've answered these... A culture? You got got it. (laughs) You you picked up what I was throwing down. Absolutely. Um, When you're so immersed in this space and... You've answered these questions already hundreds, if not thousands of times in face-to-face contact yeah, and online interactions. 
in some of the research you did early on and have continued to do, it's always good to take a step back, like we were talking a little bit when we were talking about this episode, and realize, hey, these same questions that are getting asked, they're getting asked again and again and again for a reason. And it gives you a baseline to the culture at large, and there's still just a cultural unawareness on a large scale as to what the health claims are, if this is even good, um, what's it all about, you know? Because when you get in that kind of echo chamber or that, that bubble, you just take a lot of the things that you know for granted about the thing you're really into yeah. or involved with. Yeah, well, because I was also thinking about um, with uh, a couple months ago when we had a meeting with uh, one of our um, distribution partners, they were talking about the growth of this particular category that they've noticed. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and again, that's information I'm getting as somebody who's working in the industry. That's not the same thing as what's what uh, consumers are being exposed to. Yeah. So kind of holding that discretion uh, kind of intention a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because there's been a greater cultural awareness and by some of the podcasts that I've listened to and we've kind of talked about some of the health benefits associated and things like that in a little bit a little bit more in depth in a previous episode. We'll probably link that below. Let me just go ahead and say um, if you if you want to learn more about the health viability of kombucha um, and the specifications of what makes it healthy and stuff like that. Uh, we do have our episode um, titled Why Is It Important for Kombucha to Be Living, which I will also cite. In it. There you go. There's be- By listening to a lot of people that are way smarter than me that have doctorates and do intense research in the field of the gut, realizing that that study has only really come on the scene the last maybe couple decades in any sort of a large force. Yeah. So that awareness of how the gut is so integral in everything, it, it's like the gut is the gateway to the body, basically. And that realization, and then people have associated probiotic intake with gut health and things like that, and so that cultural awareness from that study and then something that m- might bring benefit to that has kind of helped bring kombucha on the scene at all. Yeah. And other living, you know, living products, you know, fermented products. Um, but it's interesting that there's still like this question, overarching question on kombucha. Is this actually healthy for you? Because there's all these things that you hear on the outskirts that I guess continually challenge people on that. I don't know. Or maybe um, that's the extent of their contact with it is, is the hearsay element, the, 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 the word of mouth more than, more than actual research is yeah. my assumption. I'm like, probably, probably an episode from Dr. Oz happened. And that's, <laughs> that's where it really got into the culture. You know, exactly. uh, but not quite into the gut. <laughs> <laughs> We've got them all today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's a good awareness piece for us yeah. to 
realize that you need to say these things more than once. We've got to continue on. There's, it's not a one and done type of a type of a, th- a thing. We've got to keep grinding this grindstone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We. I hope <laughs> you guys can hear. Trey's, oh, yeah. Trey's hard at work while we're just sitting and chatting. Oh yeah. He's banging around the brewery. Uh. Uh. So. So yeah. Um. Where do you think we are as far as how embedded the understanding of kombucha has gotten into? Well, it's kind of interesting because I think anyone that has heard of kombucha and has had a one-sentence dialogue with somebody about it Mm -hmm. or has read a quick Google search, it seems like if there's any awareness of kombucha at all, there tends to be a, this doesn't, isn't this good for my gut? That's the knee-jerk thing that everyone goes to. And so people that I've come in contact with the past five years or longer than that on a personal level know, oh, this is supposed to be good for your gut. And then it's associated with that. And then aren't there, there's like probiotics in it. Yeah. Even though there might not be an awareness of exactly what that is, people associate that with being good for them. Yeah. Right. And so that's the two things I come into contact with the most on awareness of what kombucha is yeah from people on that side and then you've got the people that don't really have any awareness never tried it or that just know what it is cursory like from the outside and they're like they're kind of like it's supposed to be good for you and it kind of smells weird (laughs) and I'm not really into it that's kind of the on the outside. Yeah. The other one is they'll draw, they'll throw out the word SCOBY, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten that a couple of times. Just like, yeah, you know, the, the SCOBY thing. The weird gelatinous jellyfish. They don't even say that. They no. just they just know to drop the word SCOBY. Yeah. Yeah. SCOBY. It's attached to it. Uh-huh. Um, and so, but the interesting part that is that you still see articles like that. Is kombucha even healthy for you? Because it's like, because the assumption by everyone that comes into contact with kombucha is, or hears anything about it, is that it is healthy. Yeah. That it is good for you. So there's just like this other wing that wants to, I think, just get the clickbait going of like, it's not healthy. Is it really healthy for Uh, you? Yeah, right. I think there's that element out there mm. that there's always something fighting back against it to get the attention. Which we'll talk some some about that actually on our uh, when we do our raw take over at the uh, the Patreon. Um, yeah, but uh, so there's already in a subject. So there's a there's a degree where like kombucha as being healthy has already made its way into the culture. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that came about? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because when you look back over the evolution, when kombucha, and I can only speak to America because it's right. Right. That's where I live. Right. I don't know about around the world. But it seems like here, it came on the scene through the king himself, Mr. G.T. Dave. He, they had, the truthfulness matters not, but they had an epic origin story. Right. Through his mother battling his cancer. Yeah. 
and her consuming this and going through a more Eastern medicine, I mean, uh, yeah, Eastern medicine approach to things, very natural, naturopathic, and um, her consuming this beverage and then beating cancer. And so that was kind of the origin story that started to shoot kombucha out into the culture a little bit. That's that's where it birthed. Yeah. And so it's been there has it's always been associated with a deep like hippie new age um health elixir that may or may not cure cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Studies remain to be seen. Yeah. Um so but it, and it's always been kind of because even him, he started making it on his home counters yeah. in his house. It was always kind of like this weird hippie brew that was made kind of outside the norm. Not, you know, this wasn't like a um, a beer. It wasn't like a beer production process where you had these huge systems and everything. It was always kind of like this weird hippie outside the mainstream of beverage culture type yeah. of a thing going on. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how it came on the scene. And then like anything, as it began to catch steam, awareness for gut health is a thing. There's high probiotic loads, living organisms, all these types of things start to become more of an awareness that, Hey, these things are good for you, blah, blah, blah. Then as other people got into the game, it's weird how it's transformed from back there, like what fifteen years ago when yeah, it first it, kind of began. The yeah, night, yeah, it was still well, like early two thousands. Yeah, it was early two thousands when GT started bringing and the probably didn't fruits. really catch traction till like really post twenty ten when it was starting to take some sort of traction. Yeah, I think so. And now it's interesting how pendulum swing almost it's more far away from and not that there aren't people that still take that approach there are definitely people that hold hard to that origin but now there's like this pendulum swing over here to where most the new producers coming on the scene are just capturing the word kombucha and turning it into a better for you beverage because I mean just follow the money, right? Yeah. Better for you beverage, whole scene, the whole, like that whole category is the largest beverage scene on the market past three, four years. I mean, just look to the alcohol yeah. industry. Funct- look, functional beverages, functional, stuff like that. Yeah. Better for you beverages yeah. are, as, as, are hot, baby. As health has spiked, so as the uh, beverage industry focus. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's interesting because most of the new companies or people that get a huge investment and then start this new kind of campaign in their kombucha endeavor are kind of turning their backs on that origin of the actual traditional brewing process with making sure to um, double down on making sure that the properties that make kombucha special, that's not really the focus anymore. And it's more about 
the claim of that these things are inside of this and it doesn't have these things. It's more like it doesn't have, it, it's like low sugar. It doesn't have high sugar. It doesn't, it, it's not pasteurized. And then, you know, with the- so, so it's mostly, instead of it being its own thing, it's defined against uh, other kinds of beverages in the industry. Basically sodas. Basically, yeah. yeah. It's basically a better free soda is the main approach that most of the new guys or the people that are trying to rise up, yeah. it seems like, are going for. So I have a question for you about that. Um, where does dead asset production fall into that? Did, did the approach towards a dead asset production kind of lead into it becoming that, or is it capitalizing on that kind of marketing approach? I think it's capitalizing. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, hey, people, the culture, at least people who are into health, are probably aware of kombucha. So what's a way that we can make quote-unquote kombucha, but at a mass scale, with, with, um, like with high scalability, controlling all these different things, but at the detriment of this isn't really what the beverage is anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to kind of make that distinction between awareness and informed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's more, yeah, it's interesting because most marketing is all about what it's not rather than what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, sad at, at a large, but it also gives way for you, for companies like us that, really value the the rudimentary things that make it kombucha those are the things that excite us right and so yeah that whole dead acid culture is that's basically what spawned the better for you soda kombucha market yeah like the subsect of the kombucha market crazy yeah so we've uh, gone we've gone from this can literally save you from all of your health issues to this doesn't have high sugar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when in all actuality, like thinking about like GT Dave stuff, like high sugar content is like least of the important elements. Yeah. Because it's one of those things. Okay. I'll give a quick rant on the whole sugar thing. Okay. People have got to get a better awareness of this whole sugar question and things because, and I know that there's always exceptions to all of this, but it's it's like we've been in this culture where zero sugar has become the like goal. Like it's a weird thing in your brain. It's like sugar equals bad. And so we forget that, and I know I understand there's differences and you know, sucrose, glucose, fructose, all these things right. combined with fiber content as it's taken. I realize it has different effects on the body. But in a general overall sense, we've, we're in the sparkling water revolution to where all of them have this big zero on the bottom of the can. And so anything that shows more than that, people are nervous and scared of. But it's interesting how you will pick up 
two, three apples a day that are packed with 19 grams each. Right. And I understand that has, you know, fiber that's coming down with it and that helps your body process and blah, blah, blah. But still, it's sugar is natural energy. Well, and something that has, and we pride ourselves on being low on that end. Like we, we are one of the lowest problem. We're, we're on the lower end of the spectrum of the kombucha market. The interesting thing about that is that's not necessarily a, uh, like an aim for us. We're not like, let's make sure it doesn't get too, too much because of uh, the way that our, our process naturally is. Yeah. It's, which I just find really fun and really interesting. Because we're not too obsessed about that. We just happen to be like surprisingly low in sugar. Yeah. It's when we're talking, you know. When we got our nutrition facts for blush. Yeah. In Kentucky Mule. It's fascinating. I was like, wow. Definitely thought that was going to be more. Yeah. It's because we've chosen to chase flavor. Yeah. Flavor and functionality. Functionality, baby. Yep. Yeah. And um, it just, you start to realize that the sugar kind of gets in the way when it gets too heavy. Yeah. On that end. So we, but anyways, the whole thing with people get way too hyped up about, about sugar and low amounts that are in kombucha. Now there are what I call kombucha sodas out there that hijack your taste buds with other things, with, with sugar to convince you that this is good. And yeah, there are definitely those out there. But, you know, when we're talking, in my opinion, 15 grams or less, I mean, you're, 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 you're good. You know? Yeah, right. You're good. Yeah. It's not, it's not hurtful. It's also like your overall sugar consumption, too. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Like, as long as you're not, like, pounding Debbie cakes and stuff. Like, yeah. It's funny how those are the usually the people that really care the most about the sugar intake. It's like, I don't want this beverage to have more than one gram of sugar so that I can go pound hostess cakes <laughs> Just like, and feel better about myself. I can't do that much for you, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it's cool. The one message that I have appreciated from the king himself is that he tries to double down on the living nature, which yes. is the main thing that we try to double down on our brews, is that we obviously go for what we would say more interesting and we like the flavor combos and the creations that we make. We like our house culture maybe a little better, but I love that he has doubled down on the living nature of the brew being the driving force yeah. for the market expansion into the culture. I have a theory for you. I, I want you to tell me what you think about this. Think of it as a, in a scale. Uh, probably like equating ratios. To the degree someone is well-informed on gut health is the degree they're well-informed about uh, kombucha viability. So the less someone is informed about actual gut health, the least informed they are going to be about actual kombucha viability. I completely agree. Do you want to say anything about that? I just think it's right on. Yeah. I mean, when you just know gut health, probiotic equals gut health. <laughs> then, I mean, that packaging that says probiotics, good for your gut, when that, when that just says that on the packaging somewhere, then that's, it doesn't matter. Any, anything beyond that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, 
not realizing everything that we linked in that previous episode that there's problems on all ends there right. can be now right. in the market um so yeah i completely agree with that statement yeah because you talked about uh you know the main things people will say is it's good for your gut right it's got probiotics or and they immediately associate that with some of these symptomatic elements of gut yes. health oh yeah 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 i mean we Basically, yeah, basically the majority of people that are talking about their guts being out of order Mm -hmm. is when there's some sort of a digestional problem, and that's it. Yeah. And so as that happens, then they realize they got to go take care of their gut, not realizing that the problem started probably years ago. (laughs) Right. Way before that little tummy ache, way before that (laughs) non-movement through your system. It's... You know, that with all the prebi- the lack of prebiotics, minerals, uh, you know, healthy alkalining acids that you've put in to help you process and break down your foods, your stomach being a fermenta- fermentation tank on its own, um, the lack of biodiversity in your specific gut from all the nasty oils and way over consumption of sugars and things like that, which leads to overgrowth of candidas and blah, 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 all these things. Yeah. And it's realizing that gut health is way more than just drinking a kombucha, even though that can be a helpful part of it. Yeah. And so that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. It just seems like the more aware and informs uh, someone is about, um, the impact that their gut health actually has on their entire system is the more they'll be informed of what actually uh, serves it, takes care of it, all these different things, the fermentation tank, as it were. There you go. Of the, of the body. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's important. Yep. And I, I like that statement that you said. I think it's true. You'll realize that not all things are, cre- basically you're just starting to realize that not, not all things that are labeled very similarly, are created equal. Yeah. That's a very good just rule to take into your entire life of consumption is that not all things are created equal. And it just depends on what matters to you, onto what decisions that you make beyond that. But just because something says specialty coffee on it doesn't mean much. Yes, yes. You just know- because something says kombucha and this other one says kombucha, and they're a dollar difference, chances are they're probably not the same thing. That's what I've found in the last six years. You want to know what's important to me? Yo. Hearing what the weirdest customer service interaction you've had about kombucha and gut health. Oh, we're going to get into it. We're going to give our (laughs) really unpasteurized, unfiltered, (laughs) Raw take on the back end down on the Patreon. We've had some experiences. Yeah, that's for sure. It's a, it's a dicey subject and uh, some awkward eye connection moments. <laughs> <laughs> Usually that breaks the eye connection. <laughs> Try, you're trying to say, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that down on the Patreon. So uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Brew Kombucha Podcast. We always appreciate it. Five-star reviews, 
written reviews. It helps us grow the podcast. It's an easy way that you can help be a supporter. Um, we would really appreciate it if you could take the time. What, it takes like two minutes? If that. If that. Yeah, we'd appreciate it. Come on. Um, we got our exclusive content, say, discount codes. I mean, raw takes on our real raw takes on specific kombucha industry and interactions and things like this that we release on our Patreon. For the price of one kombucha a month, you can be in that community, comment, start be a part of the discussion, and receive all that exclusive content and deals on things that we drop in our web store and early access. We got nationwide shipping. Link is in the description. We distribute regionally. Well, not only that, but when you join the Patreon, you get eligibility for a free APEC. You ain't lying. Shipped right to your door. Yeah, once a month we do a drawing and we send out a free APEC of your choice of our kombucha right to your door. It's pretty rad. Um, you have any further questions, you can email them to info at thrivebrewco.com. We're going to be over on the Patreon right for this. Cheers. See you all over there.